This is a Brain Bites episode. Each week, we share two things we learned the past week and how you can implement them in your life. So, let's get into it. Here it is, another episode of Brain Bites, where Sam and I just talk about some stuff that we learned this week. Sam, how are you? Going very, very well this week. Uh, learned some interesting things. How are you, my friend? Can I can I winch for a second? Uh, yeah, if you make it nice and nice and short. I'm going to make winch. it 10 seconds. I just don't like moving. Moved house oh, yeah. uh, this week. And I'll tell you what, accumulate accumulated some of the weirdest stuff over the past couple of years oh, yeah. that are moving. And moving books, so annoying. Like, I love them, but hate them. First world problem, I've whinged. I'm done. Thank you, Sam. <laughs> books are heavy. It's okay. I feel your pain. Empathy. <laughs> Empathy in feeling. Speak- oh, well, I love your empathy there. Hey, just no. like, Kieran, shut up. <laughs> I'm validating you, but I'm also asking you, what what did you learn this week from a brain bias perspective? So, I was um, looking into the great man, Jeff Bezos, right? And just mm-hmm. sort of sitting there looking, because recently just, you know, going absolutely aplomb, second richest or first richest person in the world, and how Amazon has grown from an online bookstore at the start to the everything store. And now, apparently, they've been heading into outer space. So, they've been going under the radar. Like, SpaceX is the big one. And then you've got mm. Jeff Bezos just, you know, pushing it along. And there was a mental model that I came across um, from the great man Bezos of how he actually came to discovering or wanting to do space exploration. And he used it, and it's called regret minimization. Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. What's, what's the deal with regret minimization? So, regret minimization, apparently, is... Basically, he had this framework of would we regret not having a crack at becoming an interplanetary species and you weigh the cost and the probability of success and it allows you to look at your future self. Would I actually regret doing this or would I not regret doing this? And it encompasses all the really good stuff, which is be good to your future selves. And our our brains aren't wired to prioritize our future selves. And I thought it was a really interesting framework to apply to our lives, um, you know, when we're staring down the barrel of the decision that we need to make. Well, it is totally because we we know from the science that our brains are really good at prioritizing what's now and the way we feel right now. And that's that's just how we're wired to respond. My question though is knowing that because I think about how many times we're really bad at doing this, how do you actually apply it and what are some examples of it? Yeah, it's a, it's a simple one, right? You just literally are forecasting into the future and you're asking yourself the question, would I regret doing this? Or you invert it as Charlie Munger would say, which is would you regret not doing it. And as per your point, it just helps us fight against instant gratification and the hedonic treadmill that hijacks our dopamine circuit, said everyone ever. But it's true. You're leveraging your PSC. And this is very similar to a type of journaling. But I think the thing about journaling is you don't necessarily get the key questions you should ask. And so, mm. a few examples for you is like, would I regret eating this donut? Maybe, maybe not, but at least it creates a pause. Would I regret going on this big night if I have an interview on a Monday? Probably. <laughs> so, you probably shouldn't do that. Or would I regret not starting this business with my friend? Just a few different ones. Obviously, you want to be mindful of cost, benefit, and risk associated with doing so, but it creates a nice pause. And a moment of reflection too, where, where you're actually forcing yourself to think and activate that prefrontal cortex, that top-down processing, as opposed to just letting yourself feel. How would you use it in your life? Um, I think- like in, in the moment, it's very much when you're faced with an everyday decision where you're umming and ahhing and you're normally 50-50, it's just literally asking yourself that question, would I regret not doing this or doing this and so on and so forth? And that why component becomes really important. The other yeah. one, which I've done recently, is to really forecast in the future. And this is going to be super morbid and I'm really sorry, but I found it really useful, is writing your eulogy. 
It's a bit morbid, like I said, but you know, I recently saw Ali Abdal's <laughs> recent video. Go check it out. It's actually very, very decent. Um, and did it myself. He's like, write your eulogy of what you want to be actually remembered by. And I think from there, it actually put in a few things of like, what would you regret not doing or regret doing as well? And that was a really useful exercise for me. So I think in the moment, asking yourself that question can really help create that pause so you don't make bad decisions, but also moving forward so you actually have a vision of where you might want to be. And that's what have, I learned for the week. Yeah, well, have you heard of the concept of pre-mortems? I know. Walk me through it. So pre-mortem is almost exactly what you just talked about with Ali Abdul, where you work back from the end of a project and you say, this is why it failed or this is what's happened. And, and you look for look look backwards retrospectively from a future point in time um, to project out you know possible failure points, but it's kind of similar. So, if I'm understanding it correctly, this concept of regret minimization is the idea of closing that gap between us and our future selves by asking us ourselves, "Would I regret doing X, Y, and Z?" and then having that moment of reflection. You have strong. summed it up. You've summed up. Uh, you summed up pretty well, right? And again, I know very morbid. You don't have to write your eulogy. It's just an idea, okay? Now, Sam, I'm going to flip this on you and see where you go with yours. What did you learn for the week? I learned about the intention behavior gap. Mm. Well, more likely, I, I encountered the intention behavior gap. If you go to a supermarket and you stand outside that supermarket and you ask people as they're going in, "Hey, do you buy ethical products?" Most people will say yes. In fact, something around 86% of the categories people buy within a supermarket, people will say, yes, I'm going to buy ethical and I'm going to support companies that do good. I'm going to buy thank you products. I'm going to buy all these things. <laughs> but then if you interview them on the way out and you have a look in their shopping cart and their shopping baskets, turns out it's only around 14% of the products they buy were ethical. And then their reasons are, oh, well, X, Y, and Z was on sale. Or I buy the baking powder that mom buys. Oh, I just I just love this brand. And what brings up this, this idea that there's a massive gap between intention and behavior. And so I came across this idea in a, a podcast um, this week and then also found a, a, a journal on it called Why We Don't Do um, – why we don't just do it, right? And it's this idea that, especially in medical practices, but also in habits, so many of us have this intention behavior gap where we have this intention to do something, but then come the time to actually behave that way, we behave completely differently because of all these other subconscious processing factors. Mm, I like that. It's like, you know, do I know something? Do I use something? And there's yeah. normally a very big gap between, <laughs> between the two. Um, so how does it work? And have you got some examples pour moi? Yeah, absolutely. So basically what happens is our, we're terrible predicting our future brain states and the subconscious behavior triggers that will change um, how we think we're going to behave. And I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, if you've ever been injured and then you go to the physio and they say, do do this exercise and this exercise and this exercise and you leave the physio and go, yep, I'm going to do this three times a week. And what do you do? You don't do them. You don't do them once, even though that was your intention to do them. Or if you go to the doctors and they say, you need to eat X, Y, and Z, or you go to a dietitian, they say, this is your diet plan. You say, yep, I'm going to eat so healthy for the next three weeks. And then four days later, you're eating Maccas at 4 p.m. in an afternoon because you were just craving a Big Mac. Or maybe it's even... Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's even to do the probably the biggest one for most people is working out, right? Everyone has this intention that I'm going to work out tomorrow morning. I'm going to go for a, for a run in the morning before work. And then you wake up and it's cold. It's 8 a.m. You're freezing. Your toes are cold. And you look at the clock and you hit snooze. So 
there's all these situations where there's a gap between what our intended behavior is and what our actual behavior is because in that moment, we're experiencing all these things happening in our brain that warp that decision-making away from what we wanted. That, uh, yeah, look, that last one, snooze button. <laughs> I know we had an interview today and uh, I may have snoozed the button for about 45 minutes. So there we minutes. go. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so very relevant. Um, how, do you, how do you use this in your life particularly? The way I've been thinking about using this um, from two perspectives is if you're in any form of practice, whether you're marketing, teaching, coaching, you're a doctor or anywhere where you're giving people advice, be aware that there's going to be a gap in their behavior and their intention behavior. So if they say they're going to do something, there's likely going to be a gap between that. And so you can overshoot the mark, right? So you can say, all right, you need to work out five times a week. Likely what's going to happen is there's going to be a gap and they work out two or three times a week. And then suddenly you've accounted for that gap. Uh, On a personal level, this is throwback to our episode on habits. Shout out, James Clear. (laughs) Um, So go listen to that episode if you haven't. Know that you're going to have a gap between what you want to do, what you're intending to do, and what your behavior is in the moment. And to overcome that gap, make the behavior unavoidable. So use your current intention to plant the seeds of your future behavior. And an example would be in that gym clothes uh, in that uh, the gym situation or the run situation where your gym clothes or your running clothes to bed put your phone and your with your alarm in your running shoes by the door because you are literally making it impossible for yourself not to commit that behavior and you're using your current intention to set that behavior in the future and you can use this for, for anything you want to read more but you're struggling to read more put your book on your bed with the page open if you're wanting to write more um Put your your laptop on your bed before you go to bed with your laptop open and an empty document. Just make it impossible for you to be, avoid that behavior. Nah, the, the path of least resistance, make it the right path, yes. which is very make good. Make it the only path. Make it the only path. So in summary, this intention behavior gap, there's always a bit of a disconnect between what we intend to do and what actually ends up happening. And so your idea here is to make the path of least resistance the right path, the only path. For example, gym like actually make it as easy as possible. And it comes down really to your habits, right? Um, routine sort of sets you free. Absolutely. Routine sets you free. I love it. By the way, if this episode's called Space Exploration and Rehab, you understand why. <laughs> <laughs> really married to that title. <laughs> I'm so wedded to it, man. It's in my, it's in, it's in my head. And because of that, I'm going to actively call it not that because there's a gap between Ooh, your intention damn. and my behavior. <laughs> oh, fine. <laughs> to, to conclude... Uh, thanks again for listening to another episode of Brain Bites. And if you had anything you were interested in, you can always reach out to us on our social platforms. Go follow us on LinkedIn, on Instagram, um, and the soon-to-be website. And you can also email us. So, kieran at braintools.com.au or sam at braintools.com.au. Shoot us your questions. We'll try to answer them. Thanks again for listening, and we'll, we'll see you, catch you the next time. Sounds good. See you then.